Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and you are listening to my Rants and Raves podcast. And we have an amazing show for you today because I have three special guests. Uh, first and foremost, I have Vin Bruno, who you may know Vin uh, from the from uh, the, the uh, he directed marketing at Crestron and now runs Cedia, um, CEO of the uh, Cedia organization, which is the association in charge of the high-end residential market and also has the top residential, high-end residential trade show in the industry. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate uh, being able to talk about this important news today. It's big news. Ben Bruno is on, on the line with us. In addition to, I have Mark Coxon. As you know, Mark uh, not only works for Milestone, but also has been a very active uh, writer and podcaster for Ray for a number of years. Mark Coxon, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing great. A little little surprised waking up to see some great news, but uh, but doing well. And I also have our editor-in-chief on the phone, uh, Sarah Abrams. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Gary. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you know, people don't get to hear your voice often enough, and uh, you're the editor. You read every <laughs> single thing that comes across our publication, so we want to get your perspective. But I want to start with Mark. Mark, I mean, you're you're working for a manufacturer in the industry right now. Um, and you're working for a company, interestingly enough, that has made some acquisitions successfully in our market, which in itself is a uh, feat because we don't have a lot of success stories of acquisitions. But I want to get your impressions having with the background you have as an integrator and the foreground that you have as a manufacturer. What do you think of this acquisition? And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we are here to talk about Samsung's acquisition of Harman. It's the largest acquisition in the history of our industry. It's $8 billion buy at $112 a share. The, the Harman division that does commercial uh, last year approximately did uh, $1.1 billion. So in our case, it'd be a $1 billion merger for our segment of the industry. But for the whole company, the company is a $7 billion company. Mark, what's your take? Well, first, I think, I mean, emphasizing the B is a, is a big thing. Um, number two, I think, you know, if you really read behind those numbers, um, you note that Harman's business you know, is is mostly not in their pro AV brands. It's in their it's in their automotive and and residential brands, which is another kind of amazing figure to think about if you think about you know the numbers there. Uh, I think there are a couple things. Um, number one, I mean, my first impression was, wow, Apple with their home kit is really in trouble. Um, you know, if you look at the larger implications of Samsung buying something like Harman. Um, where you can have now, you know, a Samsung mobile device with Google Android, preload a control app, and all of a sudden you're controlling your Samsung refrigerator, your Samsung door locks, your Samsung security cameras, your Harman AVR, your audio speakers or your wireless audio in your home through Harman. Um, you know, there's a huge, there's a huge amount of possibilities there if they could actually coordinate it. I'd say the second, my second impression is very, very few times do the potential of those relationships reach <laughs> its, its fullest, right? Um, unfortunately, large, large ships have small rudders and sometimes turning those, those corners becomes hard for a very big company. When I worked for IBM, it was like that. Um, at Milestone, we're a little smaller than the B. So, you know, our acquisitions have gone well because I think we're dealing with smaller groups of people um, that intimately know each other and work together and communicate and we can coordinate things a little better 
I don't know that in a Samsung Harman uh, merger that you'll have that same level of intimacy between departments. And if Samsung corporate's main focus is on auto, like the, the article says, um, I don't know that the home and commercial uh, possibilities will be pursued quickly enough to make them, them valuable. But that's just my, you know, kind of this well, morning why, take. That's why I want to have you on. That's why, that's why I want to have you on to get your mm-hmm. take on it. Then you've got an interesting perspective. You spent a lot of years working for a company that straddles both the commercial AV industry in a heavy way and the home AV, the high-end home AV, smart home um, industry in a, in, a, in a big way as well. Now you're running the industry association that's in charge of all this stuff, this home connectivity stuff. What's your first take on this? Well, I mean, this is yet another example of our industry widening, broadening, expanding. You know, uh, we're we're not long for, you know, the, the day very shortly where we stop talking about the home when it comes to technology and that it becomes personal technology. So if the motivation, what I'm reading, uh, you know, in USA Today and on the blogs, uh, if the motivation has to do with, you know, uh, auto technology, automobile technology, well, I mean, that's that's another area where, you know, CD professional is, is required in order to, you know, seamlessly implement, flawlessly execute on, you know, these types of integrations. So it's just another example of, of us widening. That's, a, that's an interesting perspective. So, so you 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 are contending that if if in fact Samsung pulls off what they want, which is the car being a major part of the home, and of course they have all the other home stuff that Mark mentioned, the refrigerator, the TV, that to do all this integration properly, they're going to need uh, residential integrators because ultimately it's going to be connected to the home. So this is going to be a boom for that segment of the market because of that. You're connected to all your assets no matter where you are, whether you're in the home or you're at your office working or you're on your yacht or now you're in your car. All of this, connect, uh, all of this connect, connectivity uh, is, is expected and it's expected to, to be delivered flawlessly. So, Sarah, what do you think? I mean, you're writing both for the residential side and the commercial side. You talk to a ton of manufacturers and integrators every year, not only on the phone, but also live at trade shows. We, you know, we do five major shows a year, including Ben's show. What's your take on it? What do you think? Um, well, not to repeat the main, one of the points that both Vin and Mark made, um, but I think this merger is completely about Harman's involvement in automotive technology. I mean, 70% of their uh, business is automotive technology, and they actually make a lot of um, unbranded technology for the automotive group that people don't even know about um, related to interfaces and basically like car control systems. So that's pretty interesting. Um, the downside of that is that the Pro-AV group and some of the consumer aspects that Harman has are kind of an afterthought, and I don't think really factored into uh, this merger at all in terms of what Samsung was thinking. I think it was all about competing with Apple, um, especially in light of their sort of disastrous public relations year related to the Note 7 and everything. Uh, I think they want to, they see the future with Apple and CarPlay and HomeKit and want to stay competitive there. Yeah, so what does that mean I, I, for I the... I tend to agree with you on that too, uh, Sarah. I think that, uh, in fact, I would suspect that, that you just mentioned the disaster they've had with the, with the, with the, the Note 7 
I, my guess is that this probably accelerated all this acquisition because they needed some good news. Uh, is that you sort of? Yeah, I totally agree that? with that. Yeah. Well, I. Well, I, yeah. even, Go ahead, Vin. Yeah, they've had to recall some, you know, uh, uh, top loading washers, I believe. You know, they've got appliance issues as well. Um, Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I, I don't think I think this is independent of that. I think this is a strategic position that they pulled the trigger on now, and it's completely mm-hmm. independent from any of the issues they've had with their phone or their, you know, washers. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Way. I think that maybe they might have sped it up. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I, I tend mm-hmm. to agree that. Yeah, that I, it may have may have made it come clear quicker, but. Let's let's break down the numbers. In 2000, for their their fiscal year, by the way, is July to June. So they just finished their their 2016 fiscal year in June, at the end of June 2016, just a few months ago. They did seven billion in sales, 3.1 billion in connected car, 2.1 billion in lifestyle, which, as you know, is JBL, the consumer stuff. Uh, 694 million in services related to the car and uh, $1 billion in commercial AV. So that $1 billion in commercial AV includes all the audio brands that they have as well as AMX. So they're obviously, uh, um, obviously that's a, it's 14% of their total sales, right? 14% of their total sales is commercial AV. I uh, tend to agree with all of you that this was focused on the, 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 the um, car connectivity and control side of it. My, my, Big next question to you would be now that we all agree that that was the big motivation, and then I see your point on the on the connected home side. What will happen to companies like Crown and the commercial and the commercial division of JBL and Martin and AMX, for example, because those companies don't have anything to do with the car and they don't have anything to do with consumer or don't have much to do with consumer side. Will they keep that commercial AV division separate? Uh, as individual companies, or do you think they'll try to sell that off? Uh, just gut feeling, Mark. What do you think? I don't think they'll try to sell it off. I think it's a, I think it's a profitable business. Um, and you know, like I said this morning, you know, some other people on Twitter and some of the social media channels were like, you know, is are all the other divisions just gravy? Are they just icing on the cake? The automotive purchase. And my response was, it's it's cash flow. I mean, if you can get another billion dollars in cash flow through your company to research R&D and to support other initiatives, why would you dump it? Um, I think it's a profitable business. I think they're well-known brands, well-known brands. And I think even though they might not know exactly what they have when they start going through those numbers and really taking a hard look at it, why would you, why would you dump it? Vin, do you agree? Well, from a business perspective, yes. From a, you know, strategic positioning uh, perspective, if they, if they don't, if those uh, brands don't fit the uh, the plans, then they then Samsung would do well to spin them off. And you know, from my selfish perspective, running Cedia, I would love to see those brands stand on their own and you know push forward with their own strategic plans for you know for you know further continuance of developing really high end high class uh, residential technology. And Sarah, what do you think? You agree? Where do you, where do you stand on this? You know, I'm really, I'm not sure. It's all very torn because on one hand, um, Samsung has been through a lot of changes this year. Uh, they just had a new chairman come in this year. Um, the son of the previous chairman, if I'm correct. And this is his first major acquisition. So I don't, I just don't know sort of what Samsung traditionally and what this, 
this guy, his plans are for Samsung in terms of keeping all these separate brands. I mean, there's a huge opportunity that could be, it could be great for the industry. Um, but on the other hand, the, especially the commercial side, the pro AV market is what I consider to be like a very small sort of intimate industry. And when these big players come in and consolidate companies, like, you know, Harman was a huge player in the pro AV market, but in terms of its percentage of, of what it's now going to be to Samsung, like it's still so small to them. So I, I don't know if that really spells positive things for how it's going to work out in the AV industry. I mean, they could let the division stand on their own and continue to do well, be run by good people and sort of things will continue on business as usual. Um, they could spin it off. They could consolidate. I really don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see to find out whether this is a good thing or a bad thing for the future of, you know, custom install and commercial AV markets. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I tend to agree with Vin and, uh, and you, Sarah, in that I think that, um, I, Samsung does not have a history of allowing companies to stand alone as individual companies without Samsung brand and label. They don't own a whole bunch of companies that mm-hmm. are labeled as other brands. Um, so if, if in fact they do keep those companies, I mean, are they going to have, you know, Martin Samsung and, and, uh, and crown Samsung or, you know, I, I just find it hard to believe that, 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 that would, and they currently don't have a, if you look at all the companies that are the big, big Korean companies, that are in our industry, they don't have a commercial AV division as large as those companies do and focused on the commercial side as a lot of other manufacturers do, both on the projector side, display side, um, as we know Samsung mostly for in our industry. Um, so I tend to think mm-hmm. that my gut is that they'll spend them, they'll, they'll try to sell them and see what they can get for those companies. Those brands have some great uh, intellectual property that they may want to still leverage, especially AMX. You know, they are the IOT side of that acquisition, as one of our readers uh, pointed out online in a comment to my blog, Harold, uh, Harold Stendel pointed out that that's the IOT portion of the commercial AV division, right. the commercial products. So mm-hmm. They may actually keep AMX or may spin them into that because that's that control connectivity side of it. But all those other brands would lose their identity. And I think that's the value in a lot of those brands. I mean, look at a brand like Martin and you look at a brand like Crown, the value, half of the value of that is the, is the name recognition and the, and the history of those companies. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I meant. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting. That's but okay. uh, that's kind of what I meant when I, right. um, when I mentioned sort of the intimacy of the pro AV market because Crown and JBL and Martin are huge brands to the AV industry. Mm-hmm. But to Samsung, they might not be important enough to even keep around which is crazy to all of us who have, you know, lived and breathed this market for years. Um, so we'll just have to right. see what well, they do. I'm not even sure Samsung uh, uh, knows yet what they're going to do. Well, I mean, on that $8 billion, uh, you know, and that $8 billion level, they're thinking much, much differently. And, you know, if they mm-hmm. can cut into that $8 billion by $1 billion in selling off those brands, I think that's all the better. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that from the Samsung Smart Things, right? They they bought a company for two hundred million dollars, Smart Things, and they immediately branded it uh, Samsung. And um, you know, at, at that point, I, I think that was an IoT, you know, quick home automation, uh, you know, determination for their, you know, for their po- portfolio of you know residential products. Um, 
So yeah, they, they, it won't be a Samsung JBL, and I don't I don't see them. Uh, I myself I see them spinning them off, and I think that that would be a great thing for our industry. Yeah. The, by the way, just so you know, put this in perspective. Samsung uh, in 2015 did about 320 billion dollars. So this one billion dollar division would be mighty, mighty, mighty small in the big frame, big picture. And, you know, you're talking about one third of one percent. Go ahead, Ben. And that's a good reason to not have it be a distraction to your brand plan as well. Yeah, and, and my concern, of course, personally, selfishly, is for the uh, you know the, uh, the the whatever number of thousand mem- uh, employees. In this case, that percentage is probably in the range of five to eight hundred employees that work specifically in the commercial division of uh, of Harmon, um, making sure that they maintain. You know, it, it would be terrible for them to drop. I mean, some of these brands. I mean, all of these brands are very strong brands. There's not a brand um, that. Uh, I mean, a lot of them have consumer appeal, um, and uh, and certainly in the commercial market, everyone is familiar with all these brands. I mean, AKG, AMX. Crown, BSS, DBX, uh, JBL Professional, Lexicon Martin, Soundcraft, Studer. Those are all names that we all know off the top of our head that we that we expect to see at an Infocom every year. And I think even like I remember the complaints at Infocom when, when Harmon brought AMX into the Har- Infocom booth and only had them on two or three tables, people were like, what happened to AMX? Um, so you can imagine what it would be like to see all of these rolled up into a small into a, a Samsung display at Infocom. I, I I tend to think that they aren't gonna aren't gonna see that as as big of a part of the acquisition. But let's hope that they sell them off in the right way, or that they if they do decide to keep them, they keep them as independent brands. Would you all agree that that would be the best if they do decide to keep them, keep them as independent brands and run them the way they are? Yeah, definitely. This is Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would definitely say that. I don't think anybody's going to buy, I don't think anybody's going after uh, Samsung amplifiers or the Samsung DSP or Samsung commercial mixer. Um, I don't think that's going to play well. Just to play devil's advocate, I'd say, you know, we mentioned some of these other acquisitions and that Samsung doesn't let those brand names stand alone. You know, I don't think they've ever, I don't think the brand names when we're talking about, you know, uh, smart things, or whatever, you know, Ben was, Ben was talking about, nobody knows what that is anyway. Right. I mean, there's no brand recognition to those acquisitions. So I don't I don't know that it's a fair comparison in that regard and that there's there's no standalone brand value to most of those things that people are buying. I mean, these tech companies are going out and buying these little tiny startups that only people in Silicon Valley have have heard of. And there's some cool IP in them. But really, there's no there's no consumer or even professional affiliation with the brands at all yet. And so, you know, my my argument is I think Samsung wants to own the pocket. Uh, you know, they, they want to, they want to be the device in the pocket that controls wherever you end up at. And for you to have a truly ambient user experience, which is what everybody thinks the opportunity in UX is that I walk into a room and my device identifies me and my profile switch over to whatever technologies in the space, you have to include the office too. You can't, you can't mm-hmm. discount it. And I don't know that those consumer brands, they're, they're great brands. They'll control the house. Now Harman has the car. But if you want to control the office, you kind of need some of these commercial guys. And maybe you turn that commercial industry from a billion dollars into 20 because you own the pocket now, right? So I don't know that you could discount it completely, but I, I would agree that sometimes, um, you know, guys get a little myopic. Um, 
<laughs> you know, I'm, they, I'm willing to admit I have no idea. These people are way smarter than me, and they've handled stuff like this. Then I do have one question for you because you were at Crestron, and Crestron is a billion-dollar company or close to a billion-dollar company. I mean, I'm sure that companies approached you, and I'm sure that that um, uh, about not only have about companies buying, having Crestron buy them, and vice versa. Companies probably approached Crestron about buying Crestron. Um, is there logic in this from that standpoint? I mean, if you, if you were sitting at Crestron today and Samsung came and Crestron was rolled up with a whole bunch of other companies, is there logic in Samsung keeping a company like AMX as part of that mix uh, because of the IoT side of it? Or is it is it a casualty of the process? I think it's a casualty of the process. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I was at Crestron, for some reason... George used to have all of the, the venture capital guys come and see me. And one day, uh, one of these guys came into our office and, and in the lobby, the, it was a cold call, and I was called to the lobby, and I said, can I help you? This guy said, look, all I want to do is hand you a $200 million check right now to give to your boss, and he keeps 80% of the company and I get 20 plus the opportunity to buy in when he's ready to sell. And I looked at this guy and I said, well, what makes you think it's only worth a billion? And I sent him on his way. And, you know, George Feldstein had a uh, philosophy. He said, never, ever, ever ask how much. And, and I asked why. He goes, when you do, you're in a negotiation. So I think that the way Samsung thinks and the, and, you know, uh, the management of a 300 plus billion dollar organization, uh, they, there are casualties every day. Uh, nothing gets in the way of strategy. Well, I think this has been a great discussion. I, I appreciate y'all jumping on at the last minute. I mean, this is big news right now. Everybody's talking about it. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to get a few other people to join us that I wanted. I wanted to get a perspective from Infocom, but they're at a big board meeting and they have their, uh, their conference going on at the same time. Then you are, uh, you, you're a great uh, guest because, as I said, you came from the commercial side and are living on the residential mm -hmm. side. So um, you have a really good perspective, and, and I appreciate the fact that you're willing to have such a strong opinion uh, that you have about that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Mark, I appreciate it as well, uh, having you, you working at a company that has made some successful, like you said, smaller, but successful acquisitions. Listen, I was there the day, literally the day, that Infocus walked in the building and told Proxima that they had purchased the company. I was there that day. I happened to be there doing a training thing for uh, Proxima, a consulting training thing for Proxima that day. And they came in and said, hey, by the way, we own you now. That's literally, that was the biggest uh, huh. acquisition in our industry's history up to that point, which that was the number one projector company buying the number three projector company. And that was a big deal. And, uh, and everybody, mm -hmm. and I remember them standing in front of everybody saying, we're going to keep you as a separate brand. And of course, a year later, not only was the Proxima brand gone, but they destroyed the brand uh, in the process. And, and Infocus, it took them 10, 15 years to recover from that uh, debacle. So I don't see a whole lot of successful roll-ups slash mergers slash acquisitions at that size. The way that the milestone's done it has been very successful, which is why I wanted you to comment on it, Mark. And Vin, thanks again for your joining us and, and Sarah. Uh, I think your, your perspective is right on. And that is that they went after the car side of it, uh, as, as Mark said, as Vin said, and as you said, Sarah, they're all looking at that connected car market and expanding that out into the home, which is where Samsung lives now. And of course, we all know that their biggest competitor perceptually 
is Apple from the consumer. And so they wanted to make a play there. I, I tend to agree with all of you on that. So uh, all three yeah, of you, Yeah, related to that real quick, uh, yeah, when I read, read the Wall Street Journal article this morning about the acquisition, um, the Wall Street Journal called Harman a automotive parts manufacturer, <laughs> made it sound mm-hmm. like they make bufflers or something. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I yeah, know. I, mean, I did not like that at all when I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's it's interesting. Uh, um, I, I, in fact, I was going to type in here. Um, I wonder how Wikipedia identifies Harman because that sometimes uh, determines some stuff. Uh, in the, an American company that designs, engineers products for automakers, consumers, and enterprises worldwide, including connected car systems. So yeah, that's the first thing they talk about. So obviously, you know, it's the biggest part of their. That's business. more accurate than automotive parts supplier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the break. You got to break it down really, really, really simple for the consumer, as we all saw recently. But uh, anyway, uh, I appreciate you all joining us, and uh, this will not be our last discussion on this. Uh, then I hope that you will um, contribute to our uh, our written pieces online if you have any insight. I would love to to have a copy of your blog and be able to rerun that in rave and uh, Mark, same with you. Uh, and Sarah, uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. And I appreciate you guys listening. This has been a special edition of my daily or my rants and raves podcast. And uh, everyone have a great day and let's all pay attention and see what happens.